Good afternoon, Patriots. And it's Tuesday, February 14th in the year 2023. Boy, I tell you, the days never get any less crazy. And everything just each day gets a little bit more. We're just giving a deluge of more news, more news, more news every single day. Not that we should be surprised. But one day we might actually be bored in the news. But that's not today, that's for sure. Patriots, before we begin, make sure you are taking good care of your money. Right now, the war is on to try to crush the currency and to wipe out your savings. 401k withdrawals for hardships are way up. The economy's in bad shape. You need to preserve your wealth with precious metals. Patriots, despite the U.S. blowing through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's all the more time for you to be proactive. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king. It's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about it. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000. And it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARDS to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text BARDS to 989898 today. Remember, that's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 today. Text BARDS to 989898, the most popular promo code on the web. I'm telling you. Hey, in opening news today, which is just awesome, the uh, University of Richmond announced back in September that they were going to be removing the name of T.C. Williams from their law school. In an email, the university community, they, to, the, to the university community, they said that recently lo- located government records showed that T.C. William owned slaves. Well, it didn't end there because the descendant of Williams is now fighting back against the university and he is demanding his family be given $3.6 billion from the university. A Virginia lawyer demanded the University of Richmond pay his family $3.6 billion after the Southern School removed the name of his ancestor from its law school because he was a slave owner. Robert C. Smith, whose great-great-grandfather, T.C. Williams Sr., was an early and prominent benefactor of the recently renamed Richmond School of Law, wrote a letter to University President Kevin Halleck demanding the school pay back Williams' 1890 donation adjusted for inflation plus interest. Smith accused the school of giving it, giving in to woke activists when it removed Williams' name from the law school re- following the 2021 campus furor over campus buildings bearing the names of slave-owning owning and openly racist benefactors. The university said records from the 19th century showed Williams owned up to 40 slaves on his tobacco farms, but Smith claimed his family was never shown that evidence. Well, isn't that too bad? You go woke, you go broke, baby. That's the motto of the latter, mid part, early part of the 21st century. And the uh, 
the vampire and zombie, also known as Diane Feinstein, has surfaced again. She apparently is announcing her retirement at the end of a term. Now, just to put that in context, there is a lot going on here that is unexplained. And we do need to pay attention to it because the unexplained is exactly where the truth lies. What would make Feinstein be totally silent for almost two years now and then suddenly come forward and announce she's going to retire? That's a question for you. I can't answer it. I'm just telling you. Here's another one for you. Tina Kotek, who is our new governor here in Oregon, who is the first lesbian train wreck of a governor in the country, I believe. Um, she's part of that pedophile LGBTQ movement, if you didn't know. And so she has not said a word. She has not had a public statement since she's officially taken office in January. Now, what do you think the possibilities of a leftist, leftist not cooing about their victory? Just saying. Their egos are the size of colossal ships, and they need to be fed with all of their woke gloriisms. And, well, you know, what can I say? She's quiet. So there are some strange things happening, things to pay attention to, definitely, because things are happening around, and we don't have all of the answers, but we do know that certain things are going on. And then, of course, we have we have uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene today, who did a good little piece up here on Capitol Hill. I'll play for you. Miss Crockett, I do agree with you about Tyree Nichols' death. I watched the video and it was tragic and, and extremely difficult to watch. I would also like to point out that that city is Democrat controlled and the five officers that have been arrested and charged are black. But I'd like to also point something that I'd hope you share with me. There's a woman in this room whose daughter was murdered on January 6th, Ashley Babbitt. And Ashley Babbitt has, there's never been a trial. As a matter of fact, no one has cared about the person that shot and killed her. And, and no one in this Congress has really addressed that issue. January 6th committee didn't address it. And I believe that there are many people uh, that came into the Capitol on January 6th whose civil rights and liberties are being violated heavily. Ashley Babbitt was unarmed and executed without warning because of her political opinions. Those are the facts. Thank God for Marjorie Taylor Greene for bringing them to light finally. Yep, Margie, Marjorie Taylor Greene did bring a good one, but there's not just Ashley Babbitt. There's many others, and we need to keep our focus on that. These people are political prisoners in our nation, and we know that they're being held. Why? Because they have the truth, and the way you suppress the truth is to imprison those. So that is something to keep in mind as we move forward. Lots of craziness in this world, insane amount of craziness. And unfortunately, it's only going to get a bit worse. Do expect big moves starting to happen on the eastern front with Russia. We'll talk more about that after the prayer. But patriots, we need some Jesus. That's what we need. We need some hardcore, like, bring the Jesus time. So hands up. We're going to do some praying. 11 minutes after the hour. Here we go. Jesus. I want to thank you today. Just come on and sit down here with us and listen to us because we know that we have your ear and we're blessed. This is a crazy time, Lord, a crazy time indeed where we are seeing the truth turned on its head. We see the inversion of the world before us. Everything that we thought was right is wrong and every bit of truth that they've put before us has turned out to be some form of a lie. And Jesus, you have 
been with us in this walk constantly. You have brought us the salvation. You have, through your sacrifice, you have awakened within us the real sense of who we are. And so now, Jesus, we're just praying that you can guide us in these days ahead here to give us the strength that we need to overcome this ridiculousness. And more than just strength, it's the ability to reach people that otherwise are walking in blindness and can't hear. This is truly a time to be reminded of your words in profound ways. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Jesus, unfortunately, too many people don't even understand what those words imply. We read them, they take them for granted, but when we talk about authority over this dominion over this world, people look around and they start looking towards a police officer or a politician or they start looking towards somebody to give their authority to to fix it for them. Jesus, we are praying today for the empowerment of the individual, the true sense of kingdom, heavenly empowerment with each and every person. To stop the nonsense of always trying to turn to an idol and this idol worship that is so pervasive in our culture to try to find somebody else to satisfy us, somebody else to fix it for us, somebody else to get involved on our behalf. It's time that we start getting back to the basics, the principles of moral law. Not only do we need to love our neighbor, we have to have the will and desire to sit and confront our neighbor and speak truth. These are things that you demonstrated in your time here on earth, in the flesh. And yet, here we are today that we have a problem we call the police. We have a problem we call a lawyer. If we're going to talk about somebody, we talk around them. We post on social media. We don't go to their face. We don't sit across from somebody to express our heart honestly. And when we do sit across from somebody, we expect to have a hostile reaction. So we go in on the defensive. We don't hear. We are being played in this hatred, this fake hatred that's being seeded amongst us to not see ourselves as you see us. We are not seeing ourselves with loving hearts. We see ourselves by divisions of sex, by division of color, by division of race. It's sick. And with all that, we layer, we've subjected ourselves and willingly accepted these layerings, layerings and layerings of stupidity, like there's 56,000 genders or something ridiculous like that. We, are, we get wrapped up in the emotions of this and we pivot away from the strength and power of the rock of faith, that rock that Father God gave us to stand on, that you reinforced as we stood there and we can look into this world and see truth, that we can be unaffected by the winds of change of the ideological stupidity that seems to flow through our, our communities almost every moment. And instead, it's time now that as a nation that we start putting our eyes towards you to remember what it was with you on the cross and what that sacrifice truly meant. We need Jesus. We need Jesus in our heart. So, Lord, we're just praying that this can start to really stir and awaken. And it's not going to awaken just with simply our prayers. We need the actions on the ground, the works in faith, 
We need to be communicating that to the world, bringing it to the world. And so, Jesus, we're praying that you can also just walk with us in such a powerful way that when people see us in the community, their, their eyes are drawn. They may not know why, but they're drawn because it's you that's living with us and through us. We pray for those that are walking with you to truly dig deep into the relationship, to invite you to the table to share a meal, to open the door and invite you in, not to be timid about the relationship, and to find this everlasting love, that seeking of love to be with you, to be intimate with you in the most personal ways as we walk in this world and understand that that's the strength that we bring in the flesh, not to simply run away into the corner and hide in our little quen and start to pray and hope that someone else like the angels or you will fix it all for us. We need to reclaim our responsibility and what it is to be in the flesh in this world. And somehow it's a mystery to me, Jesus, how this is missed all the time. Always this comment about, oh, Jesus, I can't wait till you take us home. We're here. We have dominion over here. You've given us dominion over this earth. You demonstrated to us what type of things could happen and the pain in the flesh that they might inflict upon us and assured us that we would be persecuted. We check that box now. We have to start to realize that in this fight, we have to be bold and stand courageously as you did. And it never, never in the process did you ever say be passive. Never did you say, sit on the side there, little people. I shall fix it for you. But we've translated that through the pulpit. What a crime. What a sin. And people have embraced that foolishness in their hearts to always find an excuse not to live into this world, to always talk about the day when they're going to go home and leave this world. The question that people need to ask Jesus is, then why are we here? Are we here just to mark time? Are we here just to twiddle our thumbs and wait for that coming day when Father calls us home and then everything's going to be okay and we've done nothing? We've been tasked with occupying, expanding, and subduing, and yet, So many struggle with that idea of being engaged. What is it, Jesus? Is it the fear of engaging another? Is it the difficulty of having to change a pattern of convenience and ease where we can simply sit on the side and put our hands together and say it's all going to be okay now? Because the tendency always seems to find the easy path, but the easy path is the path of destruction, the wide gate. So, Jesus, we pray for the strength, the mightiness, of people to step into the narrow gate, to walk boldly into that narrow space, to take responsibility, to lean in. This is a time, Jesus, that we need that strength. And so we're praying today as a collective community, as a whole, as a remnant, to not only empower our own hearts in a greater level, but to be able to empower others with the presence in which we are in this world. Words are one thing. Actions and walk are entirely another. Let us walk with you, Jesus. Let us walk with you in such a profound way that we truly transform the world with you, through you, and in your presence each and every breath. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. A real challenge in our culture because the pulpit has been so deeply hijacked. And it's been heavily hijacked with the idea that somehow The only thing we have to wait for is the end. The end is the end. That is not for us to say. We do not know the day or the time 
What we know is the present, to live here now in the present and to work everything we can, every action we can to bring as many to Jesus as we can. It's that simple. It's not any more difficult than that, but we sure do make it difficult. Not sure what that's why that gets that way, but we do, and we do such a good job at that. Patriots, for those that are already aware or know people that are involved with porn addiction, this just went to a whole new level. Take a listen to this. I haven't seen anything on the pornography front compared to what's going to be coming down with the advent of AI. Because now what's going to happen real soon is that this is already underway. Imagine a sign-up service where you can talk to a very attractive young woman and she's an AI. She can be as attractive as you want her to be and tuned exactly to your preferences. There's already a service offering this, by the way. So now you have a friend and that friend can keep track of your conversations and especially if you're lonesome and isolated, that might be the best friend you've ever had and certainly the most attractive person you've ever talked to. Now, it's not real, but, you know, men are pretty damn visual. So it's got a long ways towards real. And then, you know, for your subscription fee, you can talk to the woman nude and then the whole avenue of sexual display is open to you. God only knows what that's going to do. We are truly in an amazing time where we have to find a way to get to people's hearts. The whole issue with the piece by Jordan Peterson is that it really presents to us the realities of the challenges ahead and the corruption that this system is designed to create. This is a very dark time in that levels. And unfortunately, men are easily and have been easily broken by pornography. They have weakened the entire gender of, of men as a whole because of pornography. And the saddest part of that all is that most men don't even realize that most of the porn stars that they look at are trannies. They're flipped. They're gender flippers. But women, you're not off the hook on this. The fastest growing market in pornography is women. And that's yet another sick statement as to the state of the family, the state of relationships. We have moved to a, a, a moment in time where individualism has become the new norm and the individualism, people are lonely. And they're so convinced that they're supposed to find this perfect mate or something and it's supposed to be quick and so they've converted the new generations even worse than the previous. It's this exploration in sexual behavior all the time. Just It's just a melting pot of flip and burn, flip and burn. We need to be reestablishing the focus on the family. And that rests with us to do that. And as we do just that, it's going to require that we put God back at the center of the home. The love in Jesus has to be so profound that people feel it and start to run after it. And it is that profound. I sat this morning in, in prayer and just quietly sat with, and I just said simple things this morning because it was just so overwhelming just to be there in the presence of Jesus and be there in the presence of Father God. And it's just, Father, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And he just, he just to be there in their presence is so overwhelming. We have got to get to where we anchor people once again into that rock. And part of our role as Father has given us this incredible fellowship where much is given, much is asked, this fellowship that we're in right now, 
now has to step out and to be the discipleship of the world. We have to keep pushing that message out there. Time is not in the favor of those that are walking, walking in sin. If you didn't hear last night's Fishers, please do, because that was the the reading of The Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God by Reverend Jonathan Edwards that was done in July 8th of 1741. And you'll get a sense of the power of the pulpit, the intensity of the pulpit in the beginning of this nation. They didn't mince words. They didn't wash away, try to walk around, soft tap the things of like, well, maybe if some of you feel like having an altar call and come down here and maybe want to consider possibly maybe whenever one of these days, maybe we can get you on the calendar to, to accept Jesus. None of that. It was pretty simple. If you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell. It was just, that's the whole foundation of sinners in the hands of an angry God and all the framing that went around with it. And it's basically like, you don't know how long you're going to live. Your only reason you're alive is by the grace of God's hand. And the only reason you're not in hell already is by the grace of God's hand. It is time that we fire this up. And we need to communicate that powerfully and that succinctly in this day. We have a tremendous challenge ahead of us. And the things that we watch in terms of pivots of what's happening behind the scenes, the sort of things that are going on that are indicating big moves, they are. There's a tremendous shift going on in this nation. Bigger than we can identify, it's not just a little group of white hats and a bunch of do-gooders that are out here trying to make the world a better place. This is a, an awakening of a spiritual order, and it's happening all over. I keep talking to people and they, and we, that I meet on, through different connections, and they're all saying the same thing. God has put on my heart to do a rally. God has put on my heart to, do, to go out and do revivals. God has put on my heart to be with another group to help build out rallies and bring people to their feet and to teach them skills and to prepare them for what's to come. That is happening all over the place. And you know where it's not happening? It's not happening in the church. That should tell you something. And it's not happening in the big upper circles of the people that used to lead in the great prophets of the world. It's not happening there either. It's happening at this level with us because God is pouring out his love to us and people are listening and they're responding. And he's like, listen, my children, I'm going to remake the church through you. We are going to revive the love in Christ through you. And you now need to listen to me and we will do this and we will do this together and it will be a mighty moment in time as we will continue to raise up the many and the church will be remade. This is the time in which we live and all of us have a calling to be part of that. So put that to prayer. Let Hear what God wants you to do. It keeps happening. Yeah. Well, it keeps happening that the wrong people win all the time and that just a small group of people decide everything for the rest of us. Isn't it disgusting? It's terrible. Yeah, and instead of sad, get mad because that's what it's going to take. A whole bunch of us getting mad and then doing something about it. Not get... just sitting in your house and going, mm, I'm not saying you're going wah, wah, wah. But we need to go, hey, wait a minute. This is our country, our government, and we're paying for these days. We're, we're underwriting <laughs> these football teams, too. You know, that's our yeah. tax money. That's our tax money, too, that we work our butts off, and the American people work their butts off, and they're stealing our tax money for all the rich people to put in their private pockets. It's time we just go, hey, wait a minute, we're not going to do it like this anymore. You guys need to listen. 
Patriots, this is an incredible time for us to be alive. And the responsibilities that rest with us are, are bold and big and massive, and yet they're amazing when you think about what time we live to literally bring people to Jesus. Can't think of a better time to be alive. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.